Keith said he won't, we'll have a Sunday and we'll discuss our trip and stuff. Uh, but stuff I want to talk to you about is something you already know about. Since everybody already shared about it, how our flight got delayed 12 hours just to get there and we lost a day while we were there and our flight, we missed our flight just getting back. But this is, uh, so I'm just going to discuss what, what happened during that whole Ordeal. Uh, there was something I wanted to bring and I forgot to bring it, but don't worry, I'll, I'll try to describe it. So I'm going to be, uh, coming out of 2 Corinthians chapter 11, starting with verse 23. Okay. It's going to be a long one, so let me just have y'all sit while we read this and, and have a, uh, reason why I'm bringing this up. I think we'll just start off by just reading. So 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. 
Are they all? I mean, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labor, more abundantly, in strife, above measure, in prison, more frequent, in death, all. Of the Jews, five times, received the eye forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day have I been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of heathen, in perils of the city, in perils of the wilderness, in perils of the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watching often, in hunger and thirst, in fasting often, in cold and nakedness. Beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the church, who is weak, and I am not weak, who is offended, and I burn not. If I must need glory, I will glory of me of the things which concern my infirmity. You gracious Father, we want to thank you for the scripture you are bringing it to us today. Use me as a vessel to bring forth your scripture out to show how it means to us or how so much trials and tribulation that we go through it is nothing compared to what Paul has went through. Lord, I want you to bless me as a vessel to give out your scripture and bring a message out of them that is relevant to us. And to your gracious holy name I pray. Amen. Okay, after reading that, you start to see what you already heard about our trip just to get into the Philippines. And if you haven't heard, this is how it started. We got out of Knoxville, it's just fine. No problem. We landed in Houston. We got to our gate. No care in the well, not really under, not knowing whether, what's going to happen. We just we made it to our gate with plenty of time. And they give it all on the intercom and saying, uh, the plane is going to be delayed for a few moments so while they uh, determine whether what's going to happen to the plane. They said that there was going to be some laboratory fixing maintenance problem. So they are going to not board the plane until they fix the problem. In our mind, we think, oh, that's going to just be an extra 20 minutes. That's not, that's not a big deal. We'll get back on the plane and we won't miss our next connecting flight. Well, that wasn't the case. In 45 minutes into it, then they said the flight is going to have to be fully canceled. We will be finding you another plane and showing you, um, directing you on how you get on this flight. So we got, we got the able to get vouchers. So we got food, and next next thing you know, 15 minutes later, they tell us we found another flight for you, but it's 12 hours later. Yeah. This would be our first experience dealing with something like this. So when we got to it, uh, we finally ended up going to lunch. We went back. It was a different gate as well. So we went to the other gate. There we waited. Now we knew we was going to be late. We already had a domestic flight set, booked, paid for, for us to fly out. And we knew we was going to miss that. 
So that's where uh, Kate and Jenny was working on to see how they can get that flight refunded and book uh, another flight the next day. I don't think they successfully got the refunded back. They went through the thing, they let you rebook it, but they still had to pay for it. And that's something they're still they're going to work on trying to get refunded as of now. But that was a whole ordeal. So here we were thinking, we don't know exactly if we're going to even make it that day. So when we got to the uh, the desk, the county desk, when we asked them about, they have not even updated us on whether our flight has been re-updated and connected correctly to where we actually can make it. So then they finally told us, yeah, you will get there by 5 o'clock. Granted, they didn't tell us that's 5 o'clock our time, not 5 o'clock their time. So you'll get there by 5 o'clock uh, the next day. So, yeah, all right, we're fine. We'll, we'll work with that. So what they they ended up putting us on, uh, we when we waited that extra you know, 10 more hours later to get on the flight, they just deboarded that plane for us to get back on the plane. But the problem was we were supposed to be leaving right then the time they actually deboarded the plane. What they were doing is using the plane that just got there and just tried to turn that around real fast just so they can get everybody out. All the people that missed their flight from their previous plane get on this one. I got a point to this. This goes all into this whole scripture part. So they, uh, when they finally, uh, we waited another 45 minutes for us to finally get on the plane. Then they told us it's going to be another 30 minutes because we need to get all your luggage on. See, that's the whole issue. They plane got there when we were supposed to depart. So they had to deboard the plane and get all the luggage out just to turn around, throw up the board and get our luggage on. Oh, uh, everybody in that plane was really like just not on their happy end kind of situation. So when we, when that finally all got done and we finally got the flown and landed in Hawaii, we had to deal with getting our luggage out getting our vouchers so they will give us a hotel stay and stay in there. And that that was our one of our worst part of the flight, just to get there. Our later part was perfect. We got on a different airline that they flew us in. It was much better. We may use that airline for the future anyway. So they flew us in and they got us to Manila, and we got there in good time. And we just had to wait for the following day because we got there at 10 o'clock at night. So we just had to wait for the following morning for our actual flight to go out. Uh, but we missed a day. And the day that we missed was the day that we were supposed to be able to get some rest and recuperate. But instead, by the time we got into our main place, Diet was the place we go, which is an eight-hour drive. We didn't want to drive. We flown, but we had to fly further south because it had, they didn't fly direct for some reason for that day. So we had to fly to another city that had a flight that would take us direct to the city we need to get to so we can drive two hours north to get to Diet. I'll say all that. We got there at 5 o'clock. Keith was appointed to preach that very night at 6 o'clock. There's enough time to get to our hotel so we could just take a shower, get ready, uh, be prepared, and then get in. 
we got to have our meal at six o'clock and they had like a worship going on and then we, we went back in and joined them. I could not stay awake for the life of me. Keith ended up in the, doing the elbow move. I never had been given the elbow moves <laughs> at all until Keith had to do that, get me to stay awake. And he's like, Keith, you do know the issue that it took for us to get here. I ain't staying awake. I did try to stay awake. Keith said, hey, I had to stay awake, you stay awake. Yeah. Okay, so that was the first part of, after that, it was smooth, smooth sailing. And it was a blessing to be there. We took afternoon naps, basically. We came, we had our service in the morning. They're going to have all their activities. Unfortunately, we were just too tired to be able to witness their activities that they get to do. It's a family camp. They, it's just like going to Bible camp. You got a service in the morning, serving in the evening, and they have a full activity during the day. Um, but, but we got our afternoon nap and be able to rest. I preached every morning along with another Philippine pastor. And Keith preached every night with a, another Philippine pastor. They each kind of split up. It was really two servers in the morning, two servers in the evening, except for the first night. It was back to back. Uh, yeah, no rest in between the first night. That's why I said I was going to fall asleep. I was really could not stay awake. But it was smooth after that. Then we got to the point, and this, you've already heard this, because apparently we made it late. We didn't actually get here when we were supposed to get here. By the uh, all that, we'll, we'll tell you about the actual stay over there. I'll give you all this for a reason, okay? It goes right into what we just read. When we were ready to fly out, at first, we had a flight that booked much later in the day. It was probably good that they changed that flight to be much earlier in that morning. Because we would have actually freaked out even further finding out that that flight got canceled. But when we got there, we were on time. We were like, there was no worry. But they told us the flight had been canceled. And that became an issue. They're like, okay, what can you do to get us to Manila? Because we're going to miss our international flight and not get home. And so they're like, we have no other booking. This is a small airport, so they can't. For some reason, we could find a way for them to fly us somewhere and then fly. We had like six hours, so it was plenty of time. Uh, and then they said, well, we found another flight that would be able to find a, that would be able to fly you out and take you to Manila and you'll be there by eight o'clock. But the airport is two hours away. Yeah. And they don't fly to the airport. So you can get a taxi, you're supposed to say, get a taxi. We got a driver, and he's a great driver. You get in the taxi, you can go over there, you can drive two hours, and you can get there, and the people will help you out, and it'll be great. And yeah, and it was fantastic. They helped us out, and we were thinking, yeah, we're going to make our flight because we we just had to go through the issue, just driving two extra hours, and two hours driving in the Philippines is nothing. Trust me. You're entertaining the car. Two hours driving there is nothing. They drive slower too. They drive a little crazy, but they drive a little slower. They don't have highways like we do where they can drive 60 to 75 miles an hour. They drive around 50 or less on the issue. 
because the guy called is coming in, back here and there, and there. And they just don't drive very orderly like I would prefer. But when we got in, then we got the issue when we were getting close to the airport. We were just 30 minutes away. Traffic. Backed up. And we needed to get there by 5 o'clock. And the traffic was backed up and we had no clue what it is. Turns out they closed one lane of the road and it was just a two-lane road. They closed it up and it was like probably a mile that it was closed up. So they had one guy on one end that stopped in traffic from entering and another guy on the way other end that let in the other traffic go, your standard kind of thing. But my thing was, why do you have to do it one whole mile? That's just a really long road work to do. Just do it in portion. It's easier to deal with traffic. Yeah. That's Philippines for you. They're, yeah. They'll tell you their government is a little messed up. They don't do things right or smart. I mean, we could say that about our own government, but yeah. They do think that it's a lot worse than our own construction issue that we have. Thank your star that we got better construction infrastructure than the Philippines, okay? But we was worried. We're going to miss it. We uh, It's 30 minutes away, and we got probably like 30 minutes to get there kind of issue. So here we was concerned. And then once we started to see it, because we had no clue what was going on until we actually passed it. And then we started to realize what it was. So then we got to see it, and it was like, all right, please let us go through. Please let us go through. Please let us go through. Please don't stop us. Please don't stop us. Kind of see. So when we finally got there, we ended up finally getting through. They didn't stop it. They stopped the car right behind us. Yeah. So we got through, and then when we got all the way in, uh, finally got through it, and then we finally made the airport, and it turns out, we made it just in time. We had a guy there that was holding our seat, but it wasn't getting sold. We had to go to the ticket counter. We took care of that. We flown out, no problem. Here we saying, yeah, if only we could just get there by eight o'clock, it would be really close for truck because you have to, you have ninety minutes to actually check in before your flight. Our flight was ten twenty-five, so we had like, what is that, eight. 45-ish or 9 o'clock. I'm sure they would have been forgiving if you were just a little late as long as they didn't sell your seats kind of situation. But, yeah, he was saying, we're going to be close. Oh, yeah. Well, something was wrong with the plane. They delayed it just a little bit more, so we didn't get to actually depart till 7 o'clock. It only, it's only an hour fly, so that's okay. It's going to be real close. Get to 8 o'clock. So the next thing up, we go ahead. We're getting close to Manila, which is the main capital. And in there, they told us, I'm sorry, folks, we're going to have to detour the flight. And we're going to have to land you somewhere else due to some weather issues and high traffic. But I'm like, what? Yeah. They landed us another hour away from, they went to another airport that was kind of an hour away from where Manila was. So we landed, and we was like, yeah, we're not going to make it. From that point, we ain't making it. But when we got to that point and stayed on that plane for like an hour and a half before they finally said, oh, we're ready to take you back. So, yeah, they finally got out there and said, yeah. It was already past our departure time. There was, yeah, we know we missed our flight. 
So by the time we got to Manila, it was around 10.30. So then they, it was very chaotic now. They, they were trying to tell people, well, working with you, connected fly, we'll get you all that set up. They didn't, uh, they kind of dropped the ball on that part. Um, so when we got managed to get our luggage, we got to a terminal um, shuttle bus that would take us to the terminal we need to be at. And they told us when Jeannie was trying to tell them we're missing our flight because the plane we're on is actually detoured and we're not able to get there. They told us to go to the ticket counter and they'll take care of us. Well, we have United Airlines. United, we found out that United Airlines has permanently closed their ticket counter in the Philippine airport. That was not pleasant. <laughs> It was already getting to be 11.30 at night. And we couldn't even get a Philippine counter either. That would be unacceptable. We could find at least a United um, counter desk, and we could just get to that and see if they can help us. Yeah, they can do that. They can help us. Um, typically, you're supposed to buy a ticket, show them your proof of purchase before you can get into the section for where the counter is at and the checking counter and the baggage claim. Uh, but they was giving us exception to get through so we can find a United uh, checking counter, see if they can help us. Well, there was no United checking counter because they were long gone. There was a United um, office. They were closed. They don't open until 9 o'clock in the morning. So they're not a ticket counter. They're just more of a operation type of office. Yeah, so therefore we were waiting. We found some lounge. So there was blessings throughout this whole thing. We found a lounge that was available that we get to be able to rest a little bit. And we got up at 8.30, went to find them and tried to get all that situated. Long story short, they got it situated. He got on the phone and got it all situated. He just said, the problem is it won't be for another $36 for you to actually depart. So you'll be here for another day before you can actually, before your flight is ready. Yeah. So yeah, we're fine. As long as we didn't have to pay to have that to fly out because none of this was our fault. So that was all great. It was just a matter of just waiting. But one of the other blessings was that we got to go back to where the lounge was. They had rooms available where you can actually sleep. They had an actual bed and there was a little bum bed. I'm out of shape. I had to get on the top bed, and that thing was pretty hard to get up to. So I found that out. Yeah. Uh, but so we got to rest. So we did rest for the full 24 hours. Apparently, that wasn't enough rest because then cut home. That wasn't just so good. But it, it was smooth from then on. So we finally got our flight. No problem. So I say all that. That's nothing compared to what Paul went through. Let's read that again. All they ministers of Christ. I speak as a fool. I am more in labor, more abundant in stripes above me in stripes above measure, in prison more frequent, in death off. Of the Jews, five times I received forty stripes, same one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. Four times now. This is before the end of the chapter of the book of Acts. This is before that they took him into prison and was going to send him to Rome. 
So really, after this, he's in full shipwreck. And I suffered shipwreck. At night, I mean, a night and a day, I have been in the beach, in journeying often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness. Hmm. That speaks big for me. And painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fasting often, in cold and nakedness, besides those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the cares of all the churches. Who is weak, and am I not weak? Who is offended, and I burn not? If I must need glory, I will glory of all the things which concern my eternity. Let me tell you, this was a very big lesson to me. I know I have seen people with, uh, in good mind, they were in good attention saying that this, the whole trip just getting there was up, then that means something big is going to be happening. But Something big, not in a sense that I would have thought was something big. It was something, it was the same as it was every year that we go. There's a lot of blessing that came from it because we still received much more turmoil after we were done with our mission and after preaching. We still got into the whole issue of trying to actually get out kind of uh, situation. But that wasn't the whole point. My lesson for learning is that we're going to go through all this stuff. That, all the works that I've done there have not turned you away. I'm going to go through all that suffering just to get there. And I'm going to suffer just to get back. That is not going to discourage me on what I just went through when I was there. I have preached three great Messages. Much better than what I'm preaching to you now. But I feel like this is just a good thing to bring to you guys as, as what has come and what God has done to bring a report to you and bring you how God has really done so much for the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul had to go through a whole lot more than what me, Keith, and Jenny went through. We suffered inconvenience on flights. Right. It was a major pain in our rear, yes, but it was just simple inconvenience. I have not had anybody try to rob me. I have not had the ship crash on me three times. I have not had me uh, had my own countrymen wanting to beat me. I have not had the heathens wanting to come up with pitchforks and torches and wanting to come after me and did not want me to preach. Have not experienced any of that kind of situation. Everybody was open to the gospel. I was able to freely give it for all those who were here. Right. I did not go through all the perils that Paul has went through. I just experienced simple inconvenience. That's true. Yeah. And yet we as simple human beings, we don't like to look at it that way. 
And I'm going to put it, I'm going to put it this way. We were not ourselves through this whole travel. But I will also say we were a better version of our worst self. It's probably the best way of saying if it wasn't for the renewing of our mind and the Holy Spirit convicting of our hearts and living within us, we probably would have been a whole lot worse off as going through this experience than we were if we have Jesus Christ in our heart. Yeah. We were a better version of our worst self. It's just, and I wonder what anyone who is not a Christian and go through the same flight that we were on, how they would react. Thankfully, we got to meet some people who was actually a Filipino and they wanted, they was trying to get into the Philippines as well. Their flight got a little detoured with Iceland. They're going to have to wait in Hawaii for two more days before they can get another flight to get to uh, the Philippines. Another blessing. We managed to get a flight to not make us more late than one more day. Because if we were late for an extra two more days, we would have already missed half of the camp and less opportunity for us to have to preach the gospel. They would have found a way to work with it and stuff because they have Philippine pastors set aside that there was already assigned to preach. And like I said, it was an American in the Philippines for each service. And it, it was like, that's how he wanted. He wanted a Philippine, and they'd usually do it in their language as well. An American, because there's there's a situation. Keith had to learn this. I have got it because everybody keeps telling me that speak slowly. Just because they speak English doesn't mean they can fully con get the concept of it if you're going too fast. It is their second language. Now there are some who are better than others because some have probably already started doing it and growing and learning English from the moment they were babies. But they have parents who are also English speakers. But then there were others who were not very good English speakers, so they had to go to school and learn the English language. So there was a whole uh, combination of those two. And I've been given the great advice, just speak slowly. And I'm like, that's kind of how I preach anyway, so I got that in the bag. Keith, not so much. Uh, he knows this. But one, one guy actually... Uh, as we said, it's like, you speak too fast. They are so honest. Okay, I'm going to give you that. They are very honest. But I mean, about some point on there. But going back into what we just went through, I went into, and I've been, I read like two chapters of this thing. In uh, Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8. For this thing I besought the Lord Christ, that I might depart, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my affirmity, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, <sighs> this is the thing I really should have took to heart. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmity or inconvenience, in reproaches, in necessity, in persecution, in distress, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. There is one thing 
then here's the thing. If they they understood what it took for us to get there. They all heard it. But they had done something. It touched me more. I don't know if Keith and Jenny had felt more touched about it. I didn't really care about the gifts of things. They got me some t-shirts. They got me a little cowboy hat thing. They got some gifts. That I didn't care about any of those. There was one pastor. He said, I'm sorry. It is their custom. When you go preach in their church, they have to give you a gift. It's their custom. And it's something that they just cannot do without. They have to get you a gift. Thanking you for preaching for them at their church. And one of the pastors I went to, they just couldn't afford it. And they did have time to be able to find something. So they said, before you leave, we'll get you something. They never did. And I told them, I'm not concerned about any of that. I know your heart. I'm fine. That you can't get they drove me all over the place to get me and that's the whole that's something I'll bring up another time. But just give me places. They helped me out. They were very friendly and fellowship. They they stayed with me and made sure that I was all taken care of and then got me to my next destination for me to go preach. They were very wonderful family. They had a horrible situation happen to them. They got robbed. That's kind of the issue why they couldn't find ways to get gifts. And yeah, they got robbed in this part. Frankly, they live in tents and they were kind of confused. Why were they getting And I was like, this is the first time they happened to them. It's the first time they even heard someone else that this happened. They live in literal tents, little pop-up tents where you just pop it up and you just sleep in it. It's under another shelter, but they live in it to keep the weather from getting to them. And someone just slipped the can open and grabbed the money and walked off of it. And her father. But yeah. And I was like, I don't need anything from you guys. You need just a blessing. But you know what they did do? Something that was more touching than all the little gifts that they gave me, the t-shirts, the snacks, or whatever those things. You never did find out what that thing was. The little peanuts snack or something. Besides all that. It was a frame. Note. It had my little picture at the top, and it's, it's, I wanted to bring it. It looks real nice and everything. And there was multiple different pastors and preachers writing thank you notes on it. Thank you for going through the trouble of making this trip to get here and spending time with us. Thank you, Amir. Even the one who I went on with the trip with, where they couldn't get, get me anything, they wrote a very heartfelt thank you note on their little thing. And he's framed up. I got it on my man for now. Because that one was very much more personal to me than all the little t-shirts I did. I had a great time. They were very nice people. All that little thing, that term, that peril. <laughs> but my point of view, it all felt like I'm going through a bunch of perils. And all that was worth it all. Because we got to preach the gospel. And the people were so eager to hear. I got to be able to give the message of God to them. And they received it well. All that. All the perils that we go through in life. It's nothing compared to what Paul goes through. But my grace is sufficient for them. 
for my strength is made perfect in weakness. I've heard that message preached so many times, but I never had it put in the context that I put it into God. So it's probably much different now. You're looking at that scripture versus how I've heard other people preach it. My grace is sufficient for me, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. That's what God has done for us. That was the lesson I learned. Believe me, I don't want to repeat the same type of airline and flight that we went through. But it was still worth it all. And I'm even still dealing with the aftermath of coming back on that flight. The dry air on the plane just basically dried up your nose. You've got no protection for germs that just enter your nose and therefore you come home sick. I managed to dodge that two times out of my five time trip. Yeah. Managed to dodge it two times. And on my first trip, whoo, that was the worst time ever that I had to deal with. And the second one wasn't so bad and because I used a different airline. That's what it was. Now the next one was wasn't too bad. Again, that was a different airline. It seemed like United Airlines just wanted to make the driest uh, plane ever. Because we used Delta in the past. But all that, we're coming back, even Keith is dealing with, he got the bronchitis, and again, he got diagnosed with it. I didn't. I'm just going to deal with it, and if it gets complicated, then I'll go to the doctor. I don't think it's getting complicated. I think it'll just get, eventually get better. I'm still dealing with it. All that peril, all that infirmity, all that wounding, it's worth it all. I don't have any numbers to give to you on how many people got saved. I wasn't there for the numbers. Y'all know that about me. I don't care about the numbers. All I care about that I do what God had me to do. Preach the gospel. Sow the seed and let God handle the seed being sown in the heart. That's all I cared about. So all that issue that I just went through is worth it. I keep on here to hear it, and I don't know what how he looked, what his perspective on it, but that was my perspective. It was worth it. It was a lot of peril from my point of view. You all prayed for us. Thank you. Believe me, I felt it. That your prayer was coming through. I felt it. And God got us through. There was a lot of uncertainty. Involved in all that. We didn't know what was coming next. Until we could finally find it, get an answer. And uh, it took a lot of patience to finally find the answer. This trip was to teach anyone anything. It was patient. But I was actually as patient as I could be. For me, it was just this whole ordeal was not pleasant. And like I said, it's all worth it. Because people have gotten the gospel. Churches freely received us. There was no pitchfork out there protesting, saying, no, we don't want you American preachers coming in. No. I was concerned about that uh, a little bit. I didn't know whether COVID has caused people to change their mind about Americans or not. But no. They were still just as welcoming, bringing us in, giving us a platform, to preach and to give them the word of God. 
because my grace is sufficient for me. For my strength is made in the weakness. That's my update slash message slash slash edification for the saints for you guys. We're in this little prayer and I will open up if y'all want to share with us. Your gracious Father, we thank you for bringing us to life and showing how we are all needing to keep our eye on the prize, and that is the cross of Jesus. Oh, Lord, we want to thank you for showing us that there is so much more involved and that all the perils that we go through, there's nothing compared to all the perils that Paul or any of the other apostles have gone through, that we are blessed beyond measure with the amount of freedom we have that we have much more freedom to be able to fly and get into these other countries and to be able to present the gospel to them. And that people who have ears to hear is able to hear. And you bring this into remembrance of what it means that my grace is sufficient. For my strength is made in your weakness. So I thank you, Lord, for using my weakness, using the perils that I went through to use it as a blessing to show that none of it compared to that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he is coming into the world that to save them and that he is there to show that he will redeem all those who will call upon his name. I thank you for this great message and I give you all honor, praise, and glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.